0: do you know how they found bin laden
1: his microwave <laughs> he was trying to pop the popcorn it, it
0: wasn't his microwave he wanted a hot it pocket his it was his cell phone.
2: He wanted... a cell phone makes sense it's a freaking gps system but if he went to put a hot pocket in a microwave and they found him i would be impressed
0: you're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 53, recorded on March 16th, 2017. Today we talk about Patreon, trademarks, Midwest meetups, and your microwave, watching you while you work. Let's get ugly. Hey, Eric, how's it going?
2: Thomas! Thomas! Good afternoon, my
0: friend.
1: And Excuse while over here.
0: I close my window. Wait, who's that? Oh, jeez.
2: Lurking in the darkness. Is the same John. darkness you're in right now. <laughs> hey, John. How's it going?
1: Kid. How are you guys doing?
2: John Congdon, Thomas Wrightout, Eric Van Johnson, episode fifty-three, VHP Ugly, where go?
0: The first episode of season two. Season uh, two. Season <laughs> two. <laughs> we've all uh, renegotiated our contracts. We're not excited. We did the but whole. We're doing it anyways for the money.
2: We did the whole friends thing where we all just decided we we had to get paid equally. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah.
1: Which, which means some of us took a pay cut to, to be here right now.
2: I think yeah. Back. Oh, jeez. How's everybody going? I know uh, John had a going? rough week, man. Rough week? Yeah. Has uh, has some personal violation thing happening to you, huh? Mm.
1: Wow, I am so confused right now.
2: You're okay, out, dude. so according to police Oh, reports, that
1: thing! Oh, <laughs> that yeah. Thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so so the, the night we recorded our last podcast probably while we were recording the podcast my laptop was stolen. That sucked.
2: Just somebody just came and plucked it right out of your car, huh? Backpack and uh, all.
1: Yeah, I never leave that thing left in or I never leave it in the car, let alone leave my car unlocked and apparently I did both on the same night. Mm-hmm. At, so laptop backpack everything in the backpack gone and it's the sad part was funny. i wasn't I, I was not the only one on my street that was hit that night
2: yeah and it's funny you don't think about how much stuff you carry around in your backpack as geeks especially as geeks who work remote you don't think about how much you carry around in your backpack until it's gone and then you're like working and it's like oh where's that where's that notebook at oh
1: mm-hmm. damn
2: it that was in that bag
1: Exactly.
2: So that Can't was. It, I that wasn't even thinking about
1: that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it's good. It's good you moved on. You got over it. I mean, that's a that's a positive.
1: <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to bring that up on the air. I guess.
2: Well, you know, we put it all out <laughs> there, man. We're 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 just we we live life in the public eye. I so guess that's so. That's how we're rolling. <laughs> what about you, Thomas? How's your week been?
0: Uh, pretty pretty stressful. I. Uh... Stressful. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a little paranoid ever since I stole John's laptop. <laughs> 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 Things are good. You know what? I'm I'm really enjoying what I'm uh, doing right now. Writing service providers and API implementations, and boy, uh, they just API implementations go the full spectrum of way too much information or. Not enough and incorrect information, and I can't understand when companies have these terrible API docs uh,
2: it's, so you're consuming you're consuming apis
0: yeah and and they wrote the API doc in a standard text editor and and I know this because it's auto capitalized half of their variables <laughs> <laughs> and And then we go to implement one of these API methods and it has the same route and description text as a different API method. And I said, well, that's probably not correct. Uh, So we contacted them and they said, oh, we didn't think you were going to do that one yet. That one's not finished. Like, well, (laughs) why is it in the API docs then if it's just not a thing? (laughs) (laughs) And then I get an API doc today. That is uh, 30 pages long for 10 methods. And the first 10 pages are legal disclaimers about proper use of the API and then encoding for every string and uh, just extremely weird legalese for how they're not responsible for failures in the. It's uh, just strange stuff. I'm like, I don't want any of this. I just want input output. Why can't you just. And it's in a PDF. So. <laughs> okay, if there's doing it the right way, and then there's overdoing it the right way, and then there's doing it the wrong way. And I seem to have gotten the overdoing it and underdoing it sides of the, the coin this week. Been, been implementing strange API things, been dealing with the worst and the best, And but my implementations are getting better. The more I do the same thing, the more I get tests written early and expected results and just better quality code to work with. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. That's good. That's good.
2: Yeah, one of the things, one of the challenges we've been working with this week, this comes up every so often for us, uh, is uh, onboarding. Uh, I mean, onboarding is really starting to become such a challenge because, you know, in our in the consulting world, you've got to get stuff done to to. You get paid, well, not get paid, but you got to get stuff done. Like there's a high level of expectation that there's going to be quick turnaround on things. And uh, man, I just even onboarding just on new projects. I mean, we've been onboarding a new developer, which is you know, always challenging because you kind of forget some of the minute details of a development environment. Until somebody new steps in and they try to get up to speed with with everything. Um, but then onboarding new clients and getting all the information you need around managing an application for, for a new project, especially an established application, I really need to sit down and start to come up with a good playbook for onboarding clients and, and developers because... I've been burning up way too much time with this. and <clears throat> It's so frustrating for me. <clears throat> I think that's you know, the hardest I've,
1: part. I was going to say, I think that's the hardest part about bringing on a new client is taking into account that time for ramp up, for understanding their environment, what needs to be done, how to get started on the task they want completed. Meanwhile, all that time, they're expecting progress on their current app, and it never happens that way.
2: Yeah, so yeah, that's been fun, fun, working on some new projects, been working a little bit with document stores, which is kind of exciting, kind of scary. John's aware, aware of this. It's it's kind of a big project for us, but you know, we have a client that's really um, interested in moving away from a relational database and into more of a document store, and they're interested because we had suggested to. Them. <laughs> but it's 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 based on their requirements and what they're looking for. And they're they're really looking for like these tracking of documentations. I mean basically they they're looking for a document store. They want to be able to establish when a record's created, when it's changed, what's changed, who's changed it, and you know, they want this but, quote unquote living document.
1: But that that's only a portion of it. And that's the hard part is we – so we, we go down this road listening to their requirements and thinking a document is the right way. But having so much experience with relational databases makes it hard to dive into that realm of how to do things. And we have a, another developer that works with us that is of a different mindset. So he's all about – well. My first thought is we go no SQL until there's a reason for, for a relational database where I'm more on the other side of I will suggest a relational database until you tell me there's a reason not to. So it's which way do you go? How do you handle those two paradigms?
0: Relational database first.
2: <laughs>
0: why, do you, why do you say but, that? Just experience or? Well, yeah, because data, data wants to be relational.
2: But but it doesn't really. I mean, and that's that's the thing we're struggling with is getting into the right mindset, right? We think it's all relational because that's how we've coded for our entire life. That's mm-hmm. how we see data. But if you think of it as a document, it's just as easy to, to – to, I, I don't have trouble – picturing data like that, like a user record being a document and all the stuff that we would typically have as a relationship, either being part of that document or you can still have relationships in a document store. They're just not as profound as a relational database. So I can see that where I start to struggle with in the thing I was sharing with John earlier was that the problem with document stores is so much of the burden is put on the developer to police The data, you know, everything from validation to the expectation of what data is there, what data isn't there. That's completely that that falls completely on the developer at that point. And that's one of the things that concerns me.
1: And to me, that that's even not a major concern, because just like in a in a relational database, if you query and it's not there, it's it's empty. It's not there. My my bigger concern is understanding the reporting aspect and knowing up front how you're going to query the database so that you're indexing properly. Sure. You need to index, you need to index your tables properly.
0: You know how you do it. You map reduce, which is basically turning non-relational data into relational data. So you can report on it.
1: Right.
2: So it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely something I want to do. I, I, I'm concerned about the scope, the size of, of, of the implementation we're talking about. Leveraging this for, I would definitely feel more comfortable if it was smaller. And we're still in the experimental stage where we're we're tr- we're mocking together. So I'm 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 literally pulling out data from the relational database, making those relationships and creating documents in, in a document store right now, and just kind of getting an understanding of what that looks like, how it feels, how it f- how it works within the application. So we're still very early in this kind of this discovery phase, but personally I'm excited about it. It's something I've wanted to do for a while. And I've actually worked on projects in the past that have implemented data stores, but I've never been the developer of it. Um, So it's, I'm, I'm comfortable with that aspect of it. I'm just concerned about the scope of this particular project that we're, we're kind of targeting right now. Because I mean, it's it's the core of this company's business. If it doesn't work, or if it goes sideways, it's a huge, huge, huge problem.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't applications where data stores and no SQL don't work. There's definitely situations where data stores are the better solution. It's just that if I'm going to start storing data about users, I'm going to start relational, and then once the requirements expand assess the options.
2: No, no.
0: I, I, I disagree with
2: that. Your your data store, the however you're storing it, it, whether it's a relational database or um, you know, a NoSQL solution, that is probably one of the hardest things to change once the train starts moving. And it's yeah, I I don't agree with the fact I don't agree with the assessment you made. Uh, well, start with the relational database, and if you want to move to something else, you, you just move. It's not that simple at all. You're, you're talking about complete rewrite of the code base. I mean, architectural paradigm shifts. It's, it's, not, it's very important to have that established before you start.
0: I suppose that's why I'm not on this project. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. So, we had a ton of things on our list yesterday, uh, yesterday, last week, but we were having entirely too much fun with all of our special guests and didn't burn through everything. Had another pretty busy week, Um, so we have a fairly long list again this week, and we'll try to uh, pump through as much of this as possible, but I, I, again, don't know if we're going to be able to get through it all.
0: Uh, Don't Um, worry, some of it's dumb, and I'm just going to say it's dumb. That'll be my whole That's my for, whole input. Fine with me. I, I'm
2: perfectly fine with that. Have, so one of the ha, articles.
0: So I, I was going to
1: ask: Have either of you guys ever done anything with Patreon? Yes. Have you ever contributed?
0: Yes. You've contributed for what or,
1: f- or con- kind of content?
0: Uh, for a guy who used to work for uh, games industry news mm-hmm. and quit because of how corrupt it was, and started his own game industry news that was entirely funded by uh, viewers. His name's Danny O'Dwyer. He's excellent writer and interviewer, and he's covering all sorts of fantastic stuff.
1: So I can't tell you, I've gone to Patreon a couple of times to start to fill out, to, to contribute to a couple of different YouTubers that I like to follow. And I, th- I think the terms and conditions keep frightening me Cause I'm not clear on how the service works. Cause I know that you're contributing when it comes to YouTube, you're contributing X dollars per video. What? And I think there, yeah. And I think there's like, you can set a maximum, like I'll contribute up to $2 a video up to four videos a month or something like that. But it's not clear enough from the few minutes I've spent on there to, to understand how it works completely. So I'll start down the, the, rabbit hole of contributing to somebody that I like and then bail out before I actually put in a credit card.
0: I have never seen that before. Yeah. I I think
2: it's one of the structures. Normally it's, you're just contributing a a monthly donation or it's not donation, but I I, I like the concept of Patreon. I'm kind of with you, John. I, I don't know if I've ever contributed to a Patreon, I don't think I have. I know I've, I've looked at a few. and I from, uh, well, I know the guys. We have been talking about a little bit of over at layer chat, you know, things like this podcast. I mean, fortunately, we have Diego Dev that picks up a lot of the erroneous expenses associated with doing a podcast. But where you can do a podcast for free, it there's there's always like these little little expenses that have a tendency to creep into the, the, the picture. And I know over at Lyricast, there's, there's no, you Lair know, chat. there there Lyric chat. Yeah. Over at Lyric chat they're t- we've been talking about maybe starting a Patreon because there are things that they want to do to move that podcast forward. And there's no financial backing for it. Um, I mean, it was, again, we did a little financial backing for them to, get their audio stream up on iTunes and uh, Google Play. But, you know, there's a lot of things that that they want to do. And in in the open source world, all these people that work on all these open source projects that, you know, really save so much time um, for people. You know, I, I like the concept of, of Patreon for that, but it's weird. It's it's really comes down to, you know, seeing what true value people put on initiatives. Um, so this obviously is leading into a couple of stories we have this week. One of the stories that I'd queued up last week is, uh, uh, you know, Thomas Sher, my name guy, but Sebastian, what's this guy's last name? Bergman. 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 Okay. I thought that was a little too easy and I didn't want to say it. Sebastian <laughs> Bergman, who... <laughs> who is the creator of PHP Unit and a couple other uh, very key packages, you know, he started a Patreon. And uh, like I said, I had, I had had this one queued up for last week's show because I thought it was really interesting. It's like, how many of us use PHP Unit on a daily basis? And how much time does it, has it saved us? And how how many times has it saved our ass? Because, you know, we, we write tests that get caught in... You know, we don't break things in production. So, you know, I don't have a problem with this guy starting a Patreon account because he, he's, this is something he does on his own free time. He creates this stuff and he's created something that's of true value to the community. What I find interesting is when you go and look and see how many people have actually contributed, it's like, wow, that's, that's weird. You know, I would have, I would have expected more. Even if it's just companies contributing, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I, I would have expected something more significant or more impactful. So then we follow it up with uh, this week, um, kind of along the same lines. Taylor Otwell starts a Patreon a effort for Laravel itself. Now, his is a little different. Um, and again, I, I, I kind of support it. I have, I do have some concerns around it, but you know, basically, his Patreon is you—it's ha- you have the ability to pay for support from the Laravel company that Taylor owns. Really? Yeah. So it's it's essentially how you can you know you can get personalized support for for Laravel. So I don't have a problem with that at all. I, I think it's a perf- perfectly reasonable model. Wh- my where my concerns start to rise from that is you know is there a concern that he would ever pull back from contributing through the community? Like you know what I mean, it's like it's like do we run into this paradigm where he he we find him l- less useful in the open community because you know, he now has this model in the back where you can pay for support all you want. But, so, but I
1: think that's the whole point of open source. Where open source makes our money is through support contracts and installation help, that type of interaction. It's not from the product itself because if you have people capable of using it, it's free. But I agree. the people mm-hmm. spending their time to help you implement it, that costs you money.
0: Yeah, but it's it's yep. kind of the... Pay in advance model uh, or the re- the retainer model, where he's he's limiting himself to twenty four platinum or diamond level members, at, who get monthly video conferences with him to discuss Laravel stuff.
2: Right, and, and again, this when, when you pay for this, you're, you're just you're You're just kind of prioritizing like you're you're guaranteed this level of support this level 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 of access directly to Taylor, like some people in the open community can reach out to Taylor ask questions, get responses, but not anybody can you know if somebody out of the blue starts messaging Taylor directly, you know he might not respond as as immediately as they would might, like might but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're paying for support, you know, then you've you've established that level of expectation. And like John said, this is this is how the open source model was meant to make money. And, and, and when
1: you, when you you look at his diamond support, there's only one person that can do that. If I'm looking at that correctly, God, that actually, actually, no, it's not limited, is it? There could be any number of them.
0: Mm. So what's interesting is that that platinum level is 1500 a month and the diamond level is 2500 a month so if he fills up that 24 slots he's loaded
1: where are you saying that it's limited to 24
0: uh the links will be in the description but on the on the medium.com post that taylor wrote he explained that uh companies while explaining the different support levels he explained that diamond and platinum will be limited to 24 companies total Oh. Mm. Okay.
2: Yeah. And, and again, good you money. Know, being being open source. Yeah, but he's the he's the creator of the framework, right? I mean, he's he's growing a company. So, again, being open source, there's nobody that says you have to go to him for support. You can go to anybody for support, but it's a matter of do you want to go to the actual person who creates the... Um, Creates the product.
1: Hell, if someone so wants to give me twenty five hundred dollars for an hour, I'll I'll give them an hour of video time.
0: Speaking of, go to anybody for your support. I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but there was a I, big kerfuffle with the symphony trademark.
2: Yeah, I saw. I saw the um, I saw the person from symphony and his, his recapping of. What went wrong? And but I I didn't see what had hap- what what had
0: initiated that. Can you are you can you explain what? Well, this was, that was a support issue. So mm-hmm. basically, with Sensio Labs being the owner of the Symphony Framework uh, and the development that uh, Fabian Potentier put into the Symphony Framework, then it was necessary for them to copyright and trademark everything that they needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're open source. And so they've always been open source friendly. Uh, but there appears to have been a misunderstanding with one of their lawyers who issued several takedown notices to a uh, Spanish language, I'll teach you some symphony for free YouTube video series.
2: And, and we, we should make it clear, and he, and he was very clear in the article uh, the the whole reason with an open source project like Symphony, the whole reason for the copyrights and and uh, trademarks, especially, is is to protect the brand, which is a very similar situation Laravel finds itself in. Is you you do need to protect the brand. You can't have anybody saying, "Hey, you know, I'll do Laravel training for you. I'm a Laravel you know trainer." Right. You know, they, there needs to be some sort of um, way for Laravel to say, no, nope, he's not endorsed by Laravel. We're not saying he's a Laravel trainer. And I, I got the impression it was it, there was concern. There was a simple, similar issue with this, right?
0: Well, so Sensio Labs has gotten calls from angry customers saying, I paid for your training and it was awful and I didn't get the coverage I wanted out of it. And Sensio has said, you didn't pay for training with us. And it turns out some company has just stated we are symphony-certified training centers, and that's a violation of the trademark. Um, the trademark has really clear uses on when you can say, I know symphony and I can teach it to you, and when you can say, I teach symphony or we are a symphony education center. It's it's a weird line that they have to draw, but they have to draw it because the purpose of protecting their brand is also to protect their consumers. Um, they want to make sure that when you, when you buy something that's symphony branded, it's real,
2: right? They have a similar, a similar line that they draw with conferences, right? It's like not anybody can say they're symphony conference. They have to kind of get a blessing from the symphony project that they're actually a symphony conference.
0: Yeah. And so Fabian, who has, has always been the figurehead for symphony, uh, is hugely apologetic in this. I mean, I, excessively so in my opinion he he goes in this article to explain everything about how the trademark system works and why it works and what they're doing with it um, and I think it, I think it could have been easy for him to say our lawyer screwed up he's fired we're doing it by hand now ourselves which is the end result uh, they fired the law firm that they were using and now uh, Fabian is the only one who can issue uh, notices of trademark infringement personally so he really jumped on it and he really feels bad about the whole situation but i mean if i was in his shoes i wouldn't feel bad in at all about what he had to do you know and an accident occurred that wasn't his fault and he's taken more a more oversight position to ensure that it doesn't happen again it's, it's good on him
2: right so so in the, in the bottom line to the story was that the 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 group that was being put in question they were a legitimate symphony training group right uh
0: they were they were legitimate free open source supporting uh website it was just tutorials Mm -hmm. which is perfectly fine under the symphony license uh they weren't in any way claiming to be experts
2: yeah it was good read and it's, it's a good kind of discussion around trademarks and open source um but yeah, it it was I I wasn't sure what the I I don't follow Symphony that closely, so I wasn't sure of the the fallout that you know he was referencing. But
0: yeah, it's the Twitterverse. Uh, it it hit Twitter, and Twitter moved faster than he could respond, so it kind of snowballed on him a little. But it's also vastly inflated because it's Twitter.
2: Well, you speaking of that, I, I know. Um, taylor got some blowback on reddit for when he opened up his patreon account and it's you know this is still like one of those things that like that guy's got to get better with with ignoring the haters or (laughs) Mm -hmm. like the only threads he the only threads he engaged in were like the ones that were challenging the idea and i think his initial reaction is well let me explain it to them so it makes sense because they're they obviously don't get it, and it's it, it's like those <laughs> there's just some toxic people out there, and it's like once they don't get it, if you want to take the effort to try to explain it to it once, that's fine, but it's like don't continue engaging them after a while. It's I'm always surprised to see how much he does that. It's like dude, just this this guy is this guy is just not getting it. This, this individual, you know, they, they don't agree with you, so just move on.
1: It, it's hard when your open source project is your baby, though.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: it, it's what they it do. Be. You 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 shouldn't let it be. Not you can't.
2: Well, you,
0: you should.
1: That's how that's how he makes his living right now.
0: Yeah, I was just saying that's uh, his baby. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree, but it's just it, he he is grade A troll food. I mean, ever since the facade debate came out people know how to poke him and they do i've seen him do it i've seen people on reddit and twitter just poke him for no reason and he feeds into it which i you know i I think every open source guru has their their points where if you poke them wrong they'll snap at you i know linus torvald is sort of notorious for uh not suffering idiots lightly but (laughs) still it's there's there's better ways to expend your energy
1: sometimes easier easier said than done
0: last week
2: laravel had their Laracon online which was a completely online conference uh it sounds like it was a pretty big success i actually didn't attend um, thomas i know you attended you said it was it was good uh, i did say that uh, all the all the feedback i heard is that the streams were were fantastic, which has always been a thing in the past. So it sounds like they they did a real real superb job with that. Um, now there's they're putting together a online conference for PHP called the PHP. I hate this name. In quite <laughs> well, honestly, why the the little logo they have freak, freaks me. I have nightmares about that logo the, as well. Was, PHP y- Unicorn Conference. Why is it called a unicorn?
1: the The logo you're seeing is not the PHP Unicorn Conference logo.
2: No, what is it?
1: No, that's the Paper Call logo. So Paper Call is no,
0: no, no. no, 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 no. Go,
2: go, go to their go to their Twitter Twitter handle. I'm I'm sorry, that's that's not the logo I'm talking about. Oh my god, that is terrifying.
0: (laughs) So it's not just me. I have nightmares of that logo, man. That is awful.
1: It's not on the it's not on their PHP unicorn site. Oh, okay, I see it. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, now you do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's it's like what is, is that? Terrible. Please change that. <laughs>
0: for for oh, the podcast man. listeners, it is it is a an angry elephant with a unicorn <laughs> horn and a rainbow it's, mane.
1: It's worse than an <laughs> ugly PHP elephant.
0: It's way where it looks like it's attacking oh my god <laughs> it's freaky right i want yeah. stickers. Yeah. okay
2: so it's not just me that's 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 the important part <laughs> wow yes uh, the php unicorn conference is going to be a uh complete online conference focused on php uh, I think they actually have a date now. Um, oh, it looks like it's uh, April 19th, so it's coming up here pretty quickly. So that is cool. I'll just throw that out if you're interested. I don't know. Uh, I forget. I forgot. They're just doing call for papers now, so th- I don't even think you can buy tickets yet, to be honest with you. Uh, you might be able to. I don't you even can. see the link on their Twitter. You can? Yeah. How, how, how much are their tickets going for?
0: The tickets are... Da, 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 da. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Oh, there I'm, it says. I got a big version. Uh, fifty dollars.
2: Wow, fifty bucks. Wow. Well, a... How do you guys feel about that for an online conference?
0: No thanks.
1: for For how many talks?
2: Uh, there's nothing about talks or who's speaking yet. They're they're still doing their call for papers. I don't know. Lots lots of question marks there. Peter Meth is uh, putting together. I mean, I know he's pretty pretty well established in the PHP community, so. Yeah, it's nothing. It's like it's not like it's anything shady going on, but yeah, I don't know, fifty bucks. But they don't have a list of speakers yet, or how many speakers there there are. Starts at six a.m. L.A. time. Good God, that's the problem with these online conferences. Yeah. I,
0: I missed three of the live talks at uh, the Laracon online because it was started at seven o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Just, uh, no thanks. And... All
2: right, so that's out there. If anybody's interested, links will be in the show notes. The PHP Unicorn Conference. Yeah, or if you want a new uh, fear of
0: elephants, that'll do it, too. If you just <laughs> don't have enough anxieties in your life, pull up that logo. We'll have a full-size version in the if, notes.
2: If you happen to be in uh, Minnesota, uh, the PHP Midwest, our Midwest PHP Conference starts tomorrow. Um, this one looks really good. (laughs) I was I was checking out the speakers today, and they've got quite a good lineup. Uh, I tell you, man, I I could I could totally be like a conference junkie with PHP. Between all the con all these great little community conferences like Midwest, and um, I think there's another one down in Austin. There's just so many of these community conferences that that Lone Star PHP,
1: yeah,
2: Lone Star. I
1: think. think this year was there last year.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. not Lone Star.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Oh, man. I really wanted to go to that one, too. There's the one down in uh, Florida. Uh, what, what, what's that one
0: Sunshine, called? Sunshine PHP. Sunshine PHP, See, yeah. these PHP conferences closing leaves an op- an option open for San Diego PHP conference. I
2: know.
1: I know. Running a conference is such a pain in the ass. I want to, but it's, it's there's so I much see. work involved and people don't appreciate that. I'd come up. Huh?
0: I'd come to it. I'd I'd speak to it. it.
1: (laughs) If you were selected, you'd have to go through a very rigorous (laughs) panel
0: before you could speak at it. And I already know half the guys on there don't like me.
2: (laughs) Who do you think it is, John or me?
0: (laughs) No, I was assuming the panel would have two more people that just didn't know me.
2: So what's, what's cool about this, and it sounds weird but from everything i hear it's it's not the conference itself is being held at the mall of america <laughs> which for anybody else in a large section of the country doing anything at a mall you have a very narrow idea of what a mall is but mall of america from my understanding is calling it a mall is really not what it is? It's more like a little city.
0: Yeah, it's like a theme park version of it's shopping. huge. If shopping, <laughs> I mean, if have shopping, one were you guys fun. ever been there? I've seen it on Travel Channel like twenty times. Yeah, I mean, they? they have like
2: a they have like a complete amusement park in there. And... They have a
0: water park, all sorts of roller fun stuff. coasters. Yeah, they have a Cinnabon, which that's all I need. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they have a Cinnabon. because your local Are mall you... doesn't have one. I was like, wouldn't that be yeah. funny if that's like the one thing it doesn't have? <laughs> that or the, what was the Orange Julius? Oh gosh, is that an East Coast thing? No, that's, that's
0: Orange Julius. Orange Julius, Sabaro McDonald's. It's like there's the mainstays. Sabaro,
2: Sabar, yeah, yeah. So if you're in uh, Minnesota you're around the uh, Mall of America and you want to buy some conference tickets, I, I don't know how much these are, but uh, stop in. I hear the weather's great. they got some great speakers.
0: Also, since it's starting tomorrow, this podcast will be out after it's finished.
2: This is true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> <yeah. laughs> so guess what you just missed out on?
2: <laughs> Great conference at a, a theme park.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Boy, this conference is amazing that we're at right now. He <laughs> should all be here.
0: Hey Eric. Thomas? You know what I've been craving lately?
1: <laughs>
2: What's this?
1: I, another chat a app. New
0: chat app.
2: <laughs> Not new.
0: It's not a new chat app. Uh, I'm sorry. Gitter, Just Gitter's been around. Another chat app, one another that we haven't mentioned app. while listing. I think fifty chat apps in the last three episodes.
2: Every week we have a new chat application, oh, don't we? Gitter is the latest. It's not the latest. It's been
1: around for a while. I thought it was owned by GitHub. A- well,
2: As now did it I. is. I totally thought it was. No, it's not. Not GitHub. No, now it's owned GitLab. by GitLab. Doesn't GitLab Git own get Lab GitHub?
1: acquired it.
2: <laughs> no, they're in so. com- they're in direct competition of each
0: other. Huh. GitLab be is a completely be- different company. It'd
1: be funny if they're at, if it actually is owned by the same people.
0: I wouldn't be surprised that at the very top level it was. That's how companies work. Do you know how many do you know how many companies are represented in a in a grocery store? Five. Six. Six.
2: I knew it was something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yes, six, six companies. No, no. Gitter was acquired by GitLab. Much like uh, John, I totally thought Gitter was a project that came out of GitHub, but I guess I was completely wrong. The idea behind, behind Gitter is um, you log into it with your GitHub account, and every, every project repo that you belong to, it creates a channel for you.
0: That's cool, and they're going to open source it. But I'll never use it. I mean, unless yeah, unless I'm that's required. Cool too the, the
1: the funny thing is that the document says that many communities use for communication. I don't know of any that use it. <laughs> any open source community actually probably communicates directly on GitHub.
2: Uh, it's funny. Uh, the San Diego San Diego JavaScript group uses it, and really, uh, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so I actually logged into it today because I hadn't logged into it in so long, and I forgot I was a member of the, like a Laravel group and a couple of other. So there are some groups out there. I mean, there are people out there using it, but I don't need know the chat client.
1: There's just there's S- too many chat apps out there.
2: Hey, uh, Mister Doom and Gloom, did you hear signals down? I did not. Matter of fact, let me see if it's still down. It was uh, the Signal app was unable to communicate with the service. Uh, it seems back up now.
0: Whisper system, yeah,
2: seems up. <laughs> okay, so what are yes, you talking get, about Signal is another, another another chat, chat app. app. There's on. too many chat apps. Yeah, that that one has the blessing of Snowden. Snowden it says that if you're going to use a chat app, you should use Signal. Or actually, he says you should use anything from the company that does Signal, which is Open Whisper or Whisper opener or something. Okay, free stuff. I love free stuff. You got more and free stuff r- lately. Loves free stuff.
0: I've been having a really hard time calculating the O two levels that I should be supplying to my uh, secret espionage astronauts.
2: You, you do this for you do this frequently. You have to calculate O two levels of uh, astronauts
0: more and more lately.
2: Oh well, good good thing. Good. This is good news for you then.
0: Well, fortunately for me, yeah, NASA has released their fine motor skills software application and their human factor analysis support tools, uh, along with a plethora of other tools that they have developed over the last year for their space program. It's, it's very helpful. Uh, now, I'll, I'll be able to easily cover my GNC co- covariance analysis for descent and landing, um see i was doing that in excel
2: yeah there's there's easier ways now wow that's that's yeah because those excel spreadsheets would just get really complex so happy that nasa released a application to do it for me
0: well i (laughs) they're using our money for it but no it is good it is good things that you know this is i think
2: fake news
0: This is I think the only government agency where that that says, hey, we developed this with your money, so here you go.
2: Is NASA a government agency? Oh. I don't I don't think they are. are yeah. They?
0: They're the government agency. Mm-hmm.
2: National I, I guess they have national right in their name. Whenever whenever someone <laughs> thinks <laughs> National Aeronautics in space. No? Yeah. Oh. Whenever someone okay, thinks of, government, of
0: government programs, one of the first ones they think of is NASA. Even though out of the tax dollar, NASA gets less than a cent. Annually, hmm. mm-hmm. um, it's one of the big uh, uh, red herrings that tax cutters like to throw out there for some reason.
2: John, how's your article coming for PHP Tech? Are we supposed to not talk about that? PHP Is that a
1: PHP Architect.
2: PHP
0: Architect, yeah, that was like six mm-hmm. months ago.
1: No, that no, was a different like, article. I'm writing a new one. That's due the end of to this month. <laughs> I they started. I started the outline. I, no, I was. <laughs> Thanks. Your articles are so great that they're they're scraping the bottom of the well if they want you to write again.
0: I mean, go on. Bastard. What's it about?
1: Uh, so I'm sure, like any other conference, when you if they get tons of submissions, they can't accept them all. So then they start saying, "Hey, do you want to write for us?" And that's what PHP Architect that's does. Right. They all my talk submissions were declined, Then they said, "Hey, do you want to write?" An article on this talk you were going to give, so I said sure. By the end of the month, I got to come up with something for. Uh, look at the view from here. Just talking about view in general. View so JS. That,
2: John John talked me into into getting a a print uh, subscription to PHP Arc again. It's like if the guy's going to have an article, I need to make sure I get a copy of it.
0: I should I should get a print oh. subscription too. But you know, yes.
2: you too, you too, can write for a well-established news source for Laravel. Did you know? Did you read this? Laravel News is saying, "Hey, come write for us."
1: Are they willing? I are have, they willing to pay you for it?
2: I doubt it. <laughs> well, then it's hey, not are you, legit. Are you so much a little whore that you hey, gotta get hey, hey, paid hey. for everything you Language.
0: do? which What? According to our Patreon, it
2: we don't say that word. Is Little bad? Should I not call him Little? Is that wrong now? Was no. <laughs> <is> it, whore?
1: <laughs> if, if they are making money off of your work, you should be being they're, paid for it.
2: Okay, that's that's reasonable, I guess. I, and I assume Laravel News makes money. If but, they have okay, ads so, on their
1: site, then they're making money.
2: So John will not be writing for Laravel News, but you can write for Laravel News if you're interested. I think I will. We'll uh, have a link in the show notes. I would if I was, if I had a better grasp of the English language.
1: <laughs> that's why they have was... editors. You write, they clean it up
0: for you. No, I don't think they do that.
2: Uh, oh man, I can't. I can't write a freaking hundred and forty character tweet without three or four errors in it. I there's no
0: way I could do it. Oh, article. That's you know what they call that. Just couldn't do it. That's presidential quality writing. <laughs>
2: Dyslexia. <laughs> oh
1: <baby. laughs> Just stick to five or six words. You're good to go.
0: I've been tapped. Mm. Someone tapped my oh, phone lines.
2: <laughs> have anybody put uh, put tape over the cameras in their microwave yet? Just, just curious. I had, <laughs>
0: Has that been a thing? Yet? I haven't been able to find the camera in my microwave, but now I also now Apparently I also don't have there. A microwave.
2: They're there somewhere.
0: It Turns out they're harder to put back together. <laughs> have you gotten rid of your microwave? Now? No, it's just in pieces <laughs> on the kitchen table.
2: Are you serious? No.
0: Have,
2: have you have you disassembled your microwave? No. Oh God!
0: No, but I can tell you that what that what Kellyanne Conway said, which was turning microwaves into cameras, she was close. She was closer. She oh, was closer okay. than than we like Here to we think. Go.
2: We already have fifty minutes in the show, so we're 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 hovering right around Doom and Gloom Hovering around so. it. We're on top of it, baby.
1: Did, wouldn't your microwave need to wouldn't your microwave need to be internet connected before they could turn it into a camera? No.
2: Holy crap, he's no. right.
1: No. no, what? What do you mean no?
2: Uh no. <laughs> I, first first hey, thing
1: Come on come on Doom and Gloom. Tell us how this works. You really want to know? I wanna hear this. I can understand the concept of the potential. So, there, what
0: happens
2: for somebody to be able to turn that
0: on? They can't turn it on. They have to wait for you to turn it on.
2: I, I just don't even know if this guy's serious anymore. Go ahead, keep
0: talking. So, microwaves work by using a device called a magnetron, which produces microwave radiation out of one side of it. Mm-hmm. The other side produces a large amount of electrostatic noise. So you could map that electrostatic noise because the volume of it is so high and its interaction with different materials in a household to get a layout of a household when someone turned the microwave on.
1: Right. So they're not remotely monitoring if that's the case.
2: They no, would have but to they're, be generating,
0: they're generating a picture of the structure of your house. From outside the house, you can Potent- log
2: into Zillow and see the structure of my
0: house.
1: It's potentially uh,
0: no, not potentially. <laughs> no, you're, you're- this technology is in practice. So, yeah. so are, there, but, are there black vans working for my house? Be,
1: right, somebody has to be outside your house
0: to get that. It's not through the it internet. Can be done from. It can be done from a couple hundred feet above a house.
2: If if you're doing that, I mean, can't you just start sending in pings into the house? I mean, why do you need the because microwave? Because pings are
0: considered active radar, whereas a microwave being used on purpose is considered a passive detection system. Do you know how they found Bin <laughs> Laden?
2: His microwave. <laughs> he was trying to pop the popcorn. It,
0: it wasn't his microwave. <laughs> he wanted a hot it wasn't pocket. His microwave, but it was his cell
2: phone. <laughs> <He> wanted... <laughs> A cell phone makes sense. It's a freaking GPS system. But if he went to put a hot pocket in a microwave and they found him, I would be impressed.
1: Well, these <laughs> his last words.
2: Why do I want that
1: hot they pocket? Use that, they
0: use the technology to map a house before they do a a bust in and arrest or bust in and kill action. Here's here's the thing. Right is that Kellyanne Conway, who has access to confidential information because she works at the White House, accidentally said by the way, we have this technology. And everyone laughed and said she's stupid. Uh, But what she actually did was accidentally leak uh, classified information about intelligence gathering devices. So it's great that the media just laughed and pointed. But the reality is, is that what she did was treasonous because she had said something that she had heard during meetings and everyone laughed. But that's not actually something we should be laughing at. Microwaves can be used to create these kinds of diagrams of households. That technology cost a lot of money to develop, and we use it in absolute secrecy so that no one else knows that we do it, except that she went on Good Morning America and said, I'm stupid and don't know what secret is. (laughs) Fortunately, fortunately, everyone just said, you are stupid, and thought that the secret part was stupid too. But it wasn't. Thomas...
2: We're running out of time. you oh, want to jump into God. any of
0: these? You know what? I, I have a story here. I have a story here that I don't think will surprise anybody. Okay. A, a Cape Cod fishing guide website. You know, just the classic tourist trap, seasonal thing, prices, tour listings. Just a, a little website to help people find the tour that they wanted. Uh, hosted mm-hmm. on WordPress, a couple WordPress plugins, and then no one ever looked at the server again. Until, the person who was given the job of setting up and running this site got some weird phone calls about scams being run off of his domain. <gasps>
2: I'm shocked.
0: Mad WordPress. Yeah, WordPress. Um, and yeah, WordPress getting hacked isn't too shocking.
2: Holy crap! I misread this domain. Just read Harry Balls. It's. Not Harry Balls, by the hair way. Hairball charters. Hairball charters. Harry Balls would have been so much funnier. Okay, Harry Balls. What? What? Well, happened? The, the
0: issue in this case was the was the size of what was being done. <laughs> <Is that laughs> the size the of the hairballs. Hair gotcha. The size of the hack here was thousands and thousands of web pages being set up to piggyback on his domain forwarding to all sorts of other scam sites, uh, different fraud systems, and just... How,
2: how does this seem different than any other hacked WordPress site? Just, just the amount?
0: They submitted 565,000 pages, of which 229,000 got indexed by Google. And this guy <laughs> didn't notice. <laughs>
2: This guy never looked at his, uh, his Google Analytics or anything. Didn't I'm, I'm say, guessing not. I, I'm
0: killing it here. Killing it. So, yeah, oh, if man. you run a WordPress site, I think step one is don't. And I think step two is make sure you're on top of it because he just got destroyed. <laughs> I I just I I find the whole thing absolutely hilarious.
2: That was not very doom and gloomy. You're, you're disappointing me. Is, is that oh, it? I've Are got, we
0: done? I've got a little bit more.
2: You got two minutes? No.
0: I'm very what excited about MIT right now, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Okay. M-
2: I, I'm excited about this MIT. too. I, I don't think this is doom no, and gloom at all. I long. think this yeah. is
0: fantastic. I, it fits in doom and gloom because the webpage is white text on a straight black background with quotes from. Uh, Leaders of freedom movements—it's—it <laughs> just fits my mo so perfectly. But MIT has announced the annual Disobedience Award, which is a two hundred and this, this is the first. This is the time, first. Though. This is the Isn't first. It? This is a two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollar prize well, so for the person who is an extraordinary example really be of behavioral. disobedience for the benefit of society. And basically, this is the can, Edward Snowden Award
2: disobedience you just it can't be annual if it's the
0: first well, they've announced that might. it will be just annual you know. this is the first first annual it's,
2: until it's until it happens again it won't be annual it's the first first ever yes yes social disobedience this this has got to be like a hacker's dream to oh try absolutely try to win one this of is awards. this is a
0: whistleblower award <laughs> this is a hacker award this is, if you see something, say something. It is fantastic. Um, and this isn't if you see something, say something about your fellow citizen. This is if you see something about society or corporations, say something. If if you are mm. in possession of information that you feel compromises society, this is a reward for making society aware. Uh, I love this absolutely with all my heart. Um, this this kind of social disobedience should should be encouraged. People shouldn't be afraid of corporations or losing their job because they see something wrong and don't want to do it anymore. So huge huge props to MIT's Media Lab.
2: Yeah, we have to keep a close eye on this one and, and see if who actually wins it and what's put up for a nomination. All that stuff is going to be pretty cool. I was just telling John about how the uh, creator of uh, Programming Podcasts commented on one of our podcasts where we were talking about being on the popular list. Oh yeah, yeah, on that site. And we were we we thought it was a fluke or just a random occurrence. And he commented and says, "No, it's not a fluke. The popular list on ProgrammingPodcast.com dot com is a live list," is what he said. So he's he he legitimized our
0: popularity. Shouldn't tell him about all those fake hits from Morocco then.
2: Yeah, it's fine. Okay, Thomas, write out. Let's do this. So
0: we don't do a lot of political discussion on this channel, uh, on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is something that we said up until January. (laughs) Um, (laughs) one of the one of the core Republican beliefs is smaller government, and to achieve this end, it's easier to start backwards to roll back newest laws first, and then move back to older and older systems. Unfortunately, this means that a lot of the protection laws that were in place for the internet era are getting attacked pretty hardcore, um, specifically rules that were put in place to protect users' ownership of their own data and the rights of Service providers to collect and sell data without notification of users, which is now on the chopping block. So this bill, which we were going to talk about last week, actually passed the Senate this week and is now being moved on to the House where it looks like it's going to go unchallenged. Or So previously, Obama
2: had something in place that banned ISPs from selling... Browser data, location, financial, health information, you know, children's information, a whole slew of stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Basically, they said that if you give your social security number to an internet service provider, they can't go sell your social security number to someone else. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a reasonable thing to say about something that we now mostly agree is a utility and not a luxury service. Mm-hmm. So... This regulation will essentially end the FCC's oversight of the internet and put it entirely back into the hands of corporations. Uh, it rolls back a large number of net neutrality rules, privacy rules, and just defense of consumers. And then somehow stating that this is for the benefit of consumers, which I find absolutely mind blowing. The idea that, that service providers will be able to sell our data now. So that will make internet service providers provide cheaper service. It's bizarre. So Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that, that everyone who listens to our podcast, which is a technology podcast knows this law is out here, knows that your security and your family's security is being threatened by this bizarre ruling or this, this bizarre bill that's being proposed um, and that you should actively protect your security on the internet you should encrypt what you can and defend what you can't that's my that's my that's my doom and gloom i mean that's i know i don't have a, a long it's pretty I weak know, doom and
2: gloom for you you know you set that bar pretty high the, the more i talk to people the more they anticipate your doom and gloom so you kind of set that bar a little high i think you've disappointed your fans i'm, you I'm not gonna two lie that's
0: all I'll bring it all the way back.
2: All no, the way no back. More We're, we're out of we're out of minutes. There's no more so cards. So far, out of minutes. <laughs>
0: <sighs> no more. His microwave cards. story
1: is pretty doom and gloomy.
0: I mean, that's that's Which the one? thing.
1: His, his microwave this is, story this is this was is gloomier
0: than doomier because it just it signs an end of protections for consumers in America. Um. And yeah, it, it's, it doesn't have the punch that my doom stories usually have. It just has the general sadness of inevitability that that hangs over all of our lives. <laughs> get this, <laughs> circling
2: the drain. You just get the sense that you're circling the yeah. drain. Yeah. All right. Well, I know. I know. John is begging to go to bed here.
1: I'm Thanks. so exhausted. Oh my yeah. god.
2: Yeah, he's, he's had a rough day of golfing and drinking and and being treated to dinner. You know, he's it's been tough for him. So yeah, Is it your birthday? We should we should probably wrap this up. Is it your birthday what? or something? Yeah. He's
0: no, wine and dining with clients. You know who else loves have, golf? That client. Trump. Trump.
2: <laughs> Got to love uh, it. All right. Okay, we're wrapping we're this ending. up. Ending. I had something else this has to been say, fun. and I forget, I forget what else I was going to say. You were going to say use okay. a
1: password manager.
2: Always use a password manager. Okay, this has been episode 53 of PHP
0: Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm password manager.
1: I'm John Congdon. Keep, Keep it up.
2: ugly.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.